Adoption and expensive, two words that do not always belong together. There are 120,000 children in the United States that are waiting for a forever family, and adopting through this option is extremely affordable. I'm Marcy Bursack, an adoptive mom of a sibling pair, and also the author of The Forgotten Adoption Option. Twice monthly, I will interview people like adoptive parents and adopted children who've been touched by foster care adoption. My goal is to find more forever families and increase awareness about foster care adoption. Because if it were you or me, we would want someone to do this for us. In this episode, I'm going to talk with a St. Louis local who I originally crossed paths with during my nonprofit career. Fast forward, we are both now in the corporate world, and we just recently learned of our shared hearts for foster care adoption. Hi, Mary. Hello, Marcy. How are you? I am so excited to have you on. You have such a unique story. You know, I've admired Mary as a leader from a distance, and we've been connected on LinkedIn for who knows how long. But something I posted struck a chord with Mary, and she actually spoke out publicly online about being adopted, and my heart was both warmed and very intrigued. And Mary, two things that have stuck out to me as we've prepared for the interview is one, you said that adopting foster care and agencies is always the simplest process, I think. And then you also said that your adoptive parents paid a $30 adoption fee. So I'd love for you to share more (laughs) of your story. (laughs) I would love to share it. It's going to be a good one. I can't wait. So tell us how old were you when you were adopted and what was that experience like? What do you remember? So, uh, well, I was very young. So I was probably three or four months old um, when my parents, my adoptive parents, my parents brought me home. Um, so I was in foster care for those early months. I, and it's interesting, Marcy, I clearly have no um you know, memory, right, of being that young and being in foster care. What sure. I what I will say is, and I believe this a hundred percent, that those months that I was in foster care, um, for any baby, those are critical months. And on a in a cellular level, even though I don't have active working memory of the uh, foster family. Um, I have not a doubt in my mind that they made those really important cellular connections that children need with from the adults. Um, you know, being held, being rocked, being spoken to. Be you know, um, th- those are those just fundamental building blocks that build brain. You know, that build our brains. Yeah. So it sounds like then you were in foster care with one family, like a foster family, and then you were adopted by a different family. Yes, that is correct. That's interesting. Have you ever met the foster family? No, I actually, um, when I was able to um, reach out to someone to kind of help me try to find them, the, the most that they could do was send a letter to their last known address. Um, but what I learned is that they were much older when they were fostering me. So um, the odds were that they were probably no longer alive. What I had hoped was that maybe if there was still family, you know, that would live in that house, that maybe I 
you know, would connect with their children, you know, or grandchildren. Sure. Uh, but, but sadly, I, I have yet to hear back and, um, you know, that's been at least a year now. So, you know, the, the odds are that I probably won't get to make that connection because um, still by law, they can't, the state can't tell me the names of the family that I was um, involved right. with. Yeah. Right. What an interesting story. So I'm curious then, because you were adopted so young, did your, your parents, you called them your parents, your adopted parents, both things. Did they tell you you were adopted? Um, no, not really. I think I found out when I was um, kind of a kindergarten age. I have an older sister. Um, she's five years older than I am. And she was also um, adopted. And uh, and I remember that she told me that I was adopted. And I remember thinking that I didn't understand really what she was saying. And I remember then going to my parents and saying, you know, Julie says I'm adopted. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and then we had the conversation. Wow. So she knew that like whole time. Yeah. Because she was, she remembers when they brought me home. Sure. Right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so were, were your parents at that time very open with you about why and all the details? No. And this is something that I, I think, you know, I love being able to, to talk to families who choose adoption today, because I think we have come so far in just the, the societal journey, right, A around sort of adoption and what it means right. and why and all of that. But, you know, in 1975, um, you know, it, everything was sealed. You did. I, I remember uh, a story that I think is, is just telling um, that a, a woman that I knew, I met her at a group called RAP, which was Resources for Adopted Parents. And I went to that group, not as an adopted parent, but as an adopted kid, young adult, um, because there weren't other resources for young people to wow. understand that. So I found the resource I knew and that was it. Um, and I remember a woman in the group said that she turned to the social worker and she said, what do I do if she asks about being adopted? And the answer she was given was, if you love her enough, she won't ask. And I, I thought, oh my heavens, Mary, I'm speechless on the other side of the, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. That, that That's interesting. It's okay. so interesting. And so wow. when I think about the, the secrecy and the challenges of adopting in the sixties and seventies, and then I think about where we are today it, it, to me, it's almost like nothing short of miraculous. Um, and as an adopted kid who came from a different tradition, um, or, you know, in the adoption universe to see how it is today for families, it just, it makes me so happy. It makes me happy for the, the birth parents, for the, you know, adopted kid and for the, you know, uh, adoptive parents, um, yeah. 
We've really made big strides. So I'm really curious, like if we zoom back to that scene, did you, did you say you were 17? Which one? Uh, whenever you're in this group, this of this organization, oh. and you're the one adopted child. Um, yeah, I re- I was probably 16. Okay. And so do you remember what went through your head? Because at that point you had, you had asked about being adopted. So you're like, are you thinking, well, I guess I didn't love my parents enough because I asked. Like, how, how did you process that? Um. I just really remember uh, thinking it was what a cruel thing Mm. to say to someone because as an, as a, an adoptive kid, um, children are curious. They should be, you know, we want them to be. Um, And and I, I, all I could think was that that was a, it was a cruel statement made by someone who had no real lived experience hmm. to draw from. Have, yeah, they didn't have firsthand experience in the process. They couldn't quite imagine what that would feel like when you actually walked that out. Wow, Mary. Yeah. Wow. So then, so, okay. You're, you said you're almost kindergarten and you know that you're adopted. Did you tell your friends you were adopted? I, you know, I didn't really. And, um, I, I mean, I think I probably told a friend or two along the way. Um, I think sometimes it's, you know, as a kid, you're more interested in, you know, climbing the tree house than you, you know, at eight (laughs) than you are, you know, like having a conversation about, you know, adoption. But I remember some, um, moments as a child being around mothers who had children, biological children, and realizing how little I knew about what happens when you have a baby. Like, I, I remember not knowing what nursing was. Like, because, you know, there nobody nursed me. And I was like, I remember leaning over my sister and being like, did mom nurse me? And Julie was like, no, you know, you were adopted. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, so I think that um, there were times when it came to the forefront, um, but, but largely it wasn't something that really was talked about very much. And because sure. I, because I didn't come from, again, you know, in 1975, um, you didn't talk about it. And so there wasn't a culture like we have today. We Today we have a culture of talking about it. Sure. You know, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and it's all good, right? Like to be able to talk about all the aspects. But I didn't grow up in a culture of talking about things. Um, in fact, my sister, when she was adopted, um, just before she was adopted, my parents uh, lived in a house and there was a little boy on the street that was adopted. And someone found out that that he was an adopted child and they put their house up for sale the next day. And that would have been in 19, probably 60. Because they wanted to move away from that? Yeah. Because wow. someone found out. Wow. Right. Right. Wow. And, and, and so by 75, you know, we've, we've made a lot of progress. Um, but 
you know, it still wasn't open like it is today. Sure. That is so fascinating because you're right. Like, I think we have made big strides by way of adoption is something that can be talked about. I think sometimes we don't want to hear some of the reasons why people were adopted. I think sometimes those for, for private reasons, just to protect people, but also just the reality of the implication on the child that went through these things. Sometimes we don't want to face the impact that this child has gone through these things. And now as a result, the child needs these, these particular resources or this help. Yes. But I, I agree with you that from what you're explaining, it sounds like you've certainly made some positive steps forward. And I, what really stuck out to me and what you just shared was about your, your question about your own upbringing of, did I do this? Did I, did that was, did I nurse? What happened? And it's funny because, or not funny, but like ironic, because I have had a lot of guilt for some time where, and I don't think anyone in like the school system means to kind of leave or people out like me that adopted my kids when they were older, but there'll be questions of like, when did your child start walking? What was their first word? Can you send us a picture from when they were really little? And I like struggle to find things and find answers. And I was just talking with my daughter who just turned 10. I was talking to her about this guilt that I've had that I was like, it, it makes me sad that I don't have those answers for you. Like I didn't, I didn't think to ask your biological parents. I don't have those answers. And I feel like you're missing part of your childhood. This is like all in my head, right? Because of it. And it was so sweet. My daughter looked at me and she goes, mom, I don't care about that stuff. Like, why do you feel bad about that? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I've let myself feel guilty for years when this whole time you don't care. Okay, good to know. You know? Yep. Yep. It, yes, it's amazing. Well, and I, you know, and you touched upon this when you said this, and I think it's fantastic. Everyone has a right to privacy, mm-hmm. but, but creating a culture of silence is synonymous with shame. So right. I get to choose my level, what I share and don't share, right? That's my private business, my private life. But I don't think that, um, so why someone was adopted or how they came to be in in a particular home or what their life circumstances, people ask those questions and I don't always think they should um, Mm -hmm. for that reason. If they want to ask questions, ask it about, the adoption? What was the process? What did you learn? What surprised you the most about, you know, that is something that I think we can, we can and should talk about and celebrate and share those stories. Um, And we can do that without compromising um, our, our privacy and our children's privacy. Right. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that in so many ways. And to pivot topics, I, one thing you said when you commented online when you were speaking out about your own personal story is you were saying that bringing light to adoption is, in your words, were needed and long overdue. Mm-hmm. Why did you say that? What was on your mind? Um, so part of what was on my mind, and and I I remember the post you know that you're referring to, and I also remember some, and I made. A post and the, a woman that I know in community um, attacking me on mm. that post. And one of the things that I was talking about, and it was, you know, adoption awareness month or, you know, something like that. And, um, you know, and I, I shared something about, you know, being adopted and, um, you know, how transformational, you know, I, yeah, it has been in my life. And, um, 
we, I want us as a society to also do a better job of helping parents who adopt children to understand that we need to do some of these things kind of in a trauma-informed lens. And um, and that was, you know, the woman who had adopted children came on my my post or something and, you know, how dare you? What's wrong with you? You know, I adopted my children and, you know, they're perfect and I'm perfect and we're perfect. And I thought, well, good for you. Um, oh. I, you're the only ones in the entire world that I know fit that, you know, uh, mold. Um, and I think the, the point that I was trying to make is um, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. It changed my life and we could talk about that later, but, um, but it also isn't without its own challenges. And, and when we don't talk about that, it's like gaslighting people. It's, you know, saying to the woman, if you love her enough, she won't ask, you know, that's crazy. And the more open we can be just to the example, what you did with your daughter, just going to her and saying, I don't have these things. I didn't think to ask for them, you know, and, and I feel really bad about that. Like, that's wonderful because you know what? There may come a day when she wishes she had a baby picture, but she's going to remember that conversation with you and you will have given her permission to have the feelings and a language for it. And that's what we do with those, those kind of moments of, of trauma because trauma isn't always catastrophic, right? It's, it's, it's just those can be those little moments where we face those ways in which maybe we're different. You're totally right. And it's interesting that you bring up all of that, like the, the moments to, to heal and to talk through things. And it's, it's also just, you know, it's funny how we're in this time, funny, ironic, I guess, again, or just interesting, funny, where we're in this time where people can air comments, right? Where, where you can just put them anywhere you please, because I, I get some sort of flack sometimes where I talk about foster care adoption, and I get people that say you shouldn't become a foster parent to adopt the child. And I'm like, I'm not even saying that because three out of 10 kids that are in a foster home in our country at this very moment they're not getting adopted, like for whatever reason, like sort of like your story, they're living with the foster family and that foster family is not going to adopt them. And they're waiting and waiting and aging and waiting yep. for forever family. And those are the kids that I'm saying are forgotten because guess what? Most people probably don't even know they're in foster care because they're still called foster kids and their parental rights are already terminated. And so I can totally understand what you're saying with, you know, people, people having different opinions and that's completely fine. But I think Equally, I, I encourage you and I encourage myself to continue on the path that you're on, because I think the stories that we're telling that are real, that are about things that are trauma informed, that are inclusive, that are bringing things into more healthy light. I think we need to help this happen more often. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree because we give each other permission. It, it You know, it's that saying, you know, like where things are cracked, that's OK. That's where the light gets in. Yes. You know, and and sometimes things are a little cracked. And um, and so what can I do with that? You know, I can I can name it. I can talk about it. I can experience the light, I, you know, uh, or I can turn away and pretend like something isn't broken. And that doesn't work for anybody under any set of circumstances, as far as I know. So, you know, I, I'm going to choose 
for me to look at those pieces, maybe, you know, that where things get a little interrupted and it's a different path. Um, and, and my goal is to lean into those things um, with empathy and, and be able to nurture both myself and other people, whether they're adults who also have been adopted or children um, in my life who have been adopted, you know, by friends of ours, right? Um, you know, being able to lean into those moments um, is important. I'm so encouraged by this whole conversation. I just feel such positivity, but just honesty from what you're sharing by having experienced this firsthand. It's great. Thanks. Well, and it's, it's, I recognize that because, you know, at, at 50 and my sister's, you know, 55, um, that we come from a different generation and in some around kind of adoption. And in some regards, I want to be able to continue to tell some of those stories because we don't really realize where we are and what we have to feel good about and proud of until you sort of go, wow, you know, in her lifetime, that's what it used to be like. And look, and look at where we are now. And I, I think that, you know, part of having positivity and hope is having something to compare it to and saying, man, we're doing a pretty darn good job on this topic today. How can we do better? Mm. So good. So Mary, you had mentioned to me off air that you've actually met your biological parents. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Um, so, uh, when I was, um, you know, in my teen years, probably about 16, 17, that time, you know, that I shared, I was doing the resources for adoptive parents group and, you know, I was very curious and, and you mentioned earlier, you know, talking about, you know, your daughter with the baby pictures and not having them and, you know, doctor's visits. And I refer to that as biological privilege. Um, and, and people who know some, you know, like, you know, do you have a history of breast cancer? Do you have a history of, you know, depression? Do you have a history of, and, and when you spend your life saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Um, that's, that's a challenge. Right. And, um, and so when people can answer those things freely, you know, the ability to kind of take that for granted, I, I refer to that as biological privilege. Um, and so that's powerful. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, for me, it was a lot of my curiosity was was born from not having that biological privilege. Um, it, it wasn't that I was searching because I believed that I had some, you know, wealth, perfect, wealthy family in a mansion someplace that was just waiting for me to come home and give me a convertible, right? Like <laughs> there was none of that going no on. No orphan Annie. All no, right. Right, right, right. Um, it was um, much of what drew me on that quest was, do I have family history? You know, I, I struggle with major depressive disorder. My, my children um, also struggle with depression. And it wasn't until I had found my mom and discovered that she struggles with 
uh, that she struggles with depression that I went, oh my gosh. And I think about, gosh, if I had known that sooner, would that have changed how I approached my health and my health care and my health needs? Um, so that for me was a lot of what got me started on the journey. And interestingly enough, um, my mother was, uh, in the paperwork that came from the attorney, there was a piece of paper in there that she was not supposed to have. Uh, and it was kind of tucked away in there and it had my birth mother's name. And so when I was a little bit older, um, I guess at that point, probably early twenties, maybe, um, she shared that name with me and that began, you know, chapter five, you know, of this, you know, long, uh, uh, chapter, but I, I have met my biological mom and dad. Um, and I, I don't currently have a relationship with my biological mom. Um, but I have a wonderful relationship with my biological dad. My, both of my adoptive parents are deceased. Um, and, and so I, ha I get a, another dad. I have a bonus dad. Um, and we have a fantastic relationship. And that's really been lovely. It's an interesting way to unravel the story, right? Because you never, you never know what could happen when that happens. And for you, you kind of had one of each. You had one that's like, okay, did it yep. and, and maintained contact and or did not maintain contact. And so that's rather yep. interesting because it sounds like you, yeah, you did that as an adult too, which is so healthy. And I've talked to my children about when they're older, that we would go do something very similar. So I'm encouraged to hear how that worked out for you. And I'm curious, um, given everything we've talked about and given your passion around this space, what do you think are things that adults can do to be more supportive of both the adults in their life and the children who were adopted? I love that question. Um, you know, I think some of it is um, allowing yourself as, at, you know, as the friend or, you know, to, to, to be able to be curious. I always think like people often don't ask because they're afraid of saying the wrong thing or asking it in the wrong way. Um, and at this point in my life, you know, if it comes up and somebody starts asking me questions, I have navigated this universe in a way that I understand that even if you're clumsy in the way that you might ask something, it's probably only because maybe you've never asked it before. And so you're not sure the words quite yet. Right. And, and sure. that's okay. Um, it, that it's, it, to the extent that like, you know, that I'm open about it and, and I'm open in situations. I have given people an opening to talk with me about it. Now they may not want to for whatever their reasons are, and that's fine. But, but when someone gives you that opening, um, it's okay to be curious. Um, having said that, there are a couple of nuances that I think I would, I would like to be specific about. Um, and I've heard this a lot growing up and in, in talking about being adopted, right? Is this sense that I shouldn't, I, when I was a teenager, my mother and I argued all the time. 
you know, tell me a teenager and a mom who don't argue, you know, when you're going through, right? Like that's just the life journey, right? Um, But, you know, if you'd be arguing, you know, my mom just doesn't understand. There was often a response when you kind of are critical of anything, like, well, you should be grateful. It's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I am. And I get to have all the feels that come along with being a human being. So sometimes I think when people don't know, you know, what to ask or how to interact, um, there's almost a little bit of gaslighting that can go on. And so I think it's important to just say, like, you don't need to tell adoptive families how they feel or how they should feel or any of that. Let them do that for themselves. And as the supportive friend, um, stay curious. Um, Because the more you ask, the more you'll learn. And then the more when you're out someplace and somebody says, you know, we've been thinking about, you know, adopting, you actually can say, you know what, I have this friend and she was, and, and it's, you know, she talks about, you know, it was amazing. And like, it's life, like everybody's life. It's a family, like everybody's family, you know, we all got our bumps and lumps and, you know, right. But absolutely, but they get to then be an advocate as part of the adoption story, even if it didn't directly impact them. And what a gift for all the kids, to your point, the the, the three out of, you know, 11 kids or how many kids that are waiting and waiting and waiting. And um, the more we can reach each other um, in these compassionate and empathetic ways, the better able we are to be able to encourage the people around us to pursue their curiosity that they might want to adopt. Um, And I think that's pretty remarkable. So well put. That's so good. So I'm curious as we wrap up, Mary, you mentioned earlier that your life has changed because of all of this, because you were adopted. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, You know, I, I really understood that when I met my biological family, And, uh, you know, my family comes from the boot heel in Southern Missouri. Um, My mom was 15, um, you know, when she got pregnant, when she had me. Poverty, the likes of which um, are pretty staggering. And so when I think about would I have, you know, had a family and been happy and sure, maybe, um, would I be the person I am today with my family and my degree and a master's degree and working in, you know, the nonprofit sector, you know, all these years to, you know, make life, you know, better for others. And, you know, no, probably not. And so when I think about my footprint on this earth, I think that I have a a bigger footprint because of the uh, opportunities that I was given because I was adopted. 
which is huge. It's huge that you can see that. And it's huge that you're aware of it and you're appreciative of it. And there's like an illustration to all of that. Mary, this has been so eye-opening on so many levels. I hope that our listeners found themselves wondering, huh, I wonder how I could be more embracing or I didn't know that or huh. Like there's just so much that you have spoken that's thought-provoking, that's honest, that's encouraging. And so thank you for being on to share your own story. Well, thank you for asking me. This is really delightful and and I enjoyed it. And I think this is exactly what I mean when I say, you know, stay curious and, you know, ask people. Everybody wants to tell you their story. Uh, people love to talk about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we need more people talking about their foster care adoption story. So I yeah. love that you were willing to share yours. So thanks a bunch, Mary. Thank you very much. As a listener of the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast, you are helping raise awareness about foster care adoption and the 120,000 children who are waiting for a forever family. You can also help raise awareness by leaving a review, subscribing, sharing, talking about, and liking this podcast. If you'd like more information on adopting a child or sibling set through the foster care system, visit my website forgottenadoptionoption.com. There you will find out how to get started and you can even order a copy of my book, The Forgotten Adoption Option, which will guide you through the entire process and it is available in paperback, audio, and ebook. I welcome you to reach out with questions, comments, and your own story. I would love to hear if you're signing up for training or where you are in the adoption process. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for Marcy Bursack. Thank you for tuning in, caring, and sharing, because every child deserves a family.